0: The Easter Vigil is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> I remember the first time I attended an Easter Vigil. I was also in college, and uh, my buddies were like, yeah, come, it's going to be great, it's really beautiful. And it was like the third reading, and I was like, really? You know? <laughs> but I've grown in a great appreciation for it. Um, coming to like understand more deeply each and every year, what the church is trying to teach us. That, above all, the church is teaching us how much God loves us. It's love that's brought each and every one of us here. For those of us, uh, for those of you who are receiving sacraments, it's love that has that's brought you here. It's love that brought you every Tuesday night to sacrament prep class. Uh, And for your family that's here, it's love that brings you here. And we find the fulfillment of that love in Jesus Christ. As we listen to the readings that the church offered us tonight, we began with creation. That God created everything out of sheer goodness, out of sheer love for us. You know, we, we continue to listen Um, that God asks Abraham to sacrifice his own son, but at the last moment holds back his hand, saying, Abraham, I won't make you do this, but I see your great love for me. But what I won't ask you to do, I will do myself. I will send my son for you, and I will offer him for you, because I love you. You know, and when Israel had fallen into sin, and been enslaved by the Egyptians for years and years. God led them out with his loving hand. He led them through the waters of the Red Sea, which we know prefigures baptism. That God leads us on this journey of love. And we heard from the prophets, from Isaiah, from Baruch, who shared a great plan of God. Isaiah speaking that God doesn't want to hold wrath in his heart. God doesn't want to strike us down. He wants to invite us more deeply into his love. In that beautiful reading from Ezekiel, he says, I will give you a new heart and place a new spirit within you. You shall be my people, and I will be your God. But God wants to remain with us. He wants to dwell within us. And it's interesting because when Ezekiel says that, He says that the Lord wants to put his spirit within us in a permanent way. But that language that he uses was actually reserved for the kings of Israel. And Ezekiel comes and proclaims it for everyone. That we would be a royal priesthood. A holy nation. A people that God has chosen for his own. God holds nothing back from us. God gives himself entirely to us. And on Easter, when we celebrate um, the resurrection, we celebrate Christ's uh, resurrection to new life, we celebrate the defeat of sin, that sin no longer has power over us, we learn more deeply of God's beautiful love for us. In the Easter proclamation, which we sang, said, to ransom a slave, you gave away a son. That's the love that God has for us. That's the love that he shares with us tonight, that we recall every time we celebrate the Eucharist. St. Paul writes in his letter to the Romans, which we read tonight, that death no longer has power. Death no longer has power over Christ. And because it no longer has power over Christ, it no longer has power over us. All those times when we've fallen into sin, all those times when we've turned away from the Lord, when we said, Lord, I prefer my way, when, like the Israelites, we say, I would prefer to go back to Egypt to the land of slavery, have some of those leeks and garlic, you know? All those times when we say, Lord... I choose sin, we're free. The Lord invites us to live a life of freedom, to leave Egypt once and for all, to leave the slavery of sin, to live in the freedom of the children of God. John Paul II once said that when man sets limits on how much he loves, he becomes a slave to those limits. I like We learn from the Father in heaven who gives himself entirely for us, who empties himself completely. And now he invites us to do the same. He invites us to love without limits, to not be a slave to whatever limits we might set. And it's what brings us here to live a sacramental life in the church, To be united with Jesus Christ. To know a happiness that has no limits. But it begins with a love that freely gives. And our happiness, we'll find, is completely rooted in Jesus Christ. Because in Jesus Christ, when we offer ourselves completely to him, when we offer ourselves completely to him in love without limits, without reservations, without saying, Jesus, only this part of my heart. Jesus, I'm only going to give you the part that I'm comfortable with. I want to hide this sin from you, but I'll give you everything else. When we can back away from that and say, Jesus, take everything. Jesus, take everything. Take my brokenness. You know, take those places in my heart that I, would, I don't want to tell anyone about. That's when we find true happiness. That's when we find true freedom. When we don't live for ourselves, but we live for Christ. What the sacraments t- teach us What our liturgy tonight teaches us is that the whole time the Lord's been with us, from the beginning of creation, taking care each day to mold the earth, to mold the plant life, to mold humanity with his love, that the Lord's protected us the whole time. That when the Israelites fled Egypt, the Lord went before them in a pillar of cloud, in a pillar of fire, And now he invites us to follow him in the same way in love, in the church, in his goodness. The invitation from the Lord tonight is an invitation to live true greatness, an invitation to live true love, true freedom, to find true happiness. The Lord invites us to become a people of great love, A people prepared to set the world ablaze because we know that sin has no power over us. That the fathers protected us all along. That Jesus Christ held nothing back for us. Jesus Christ, knowing our own sinfulness, freely died for us and rose from the dead so that our hope could never be extinguished. Father John Parks came to a Newman night, uh, earlier this year, and it re- it, he said something that really struck me. He said, Jesus died for the sins that you haven't even committed yet. It's like, That's right. And there's, there's no shame in that. The Lord, the Lord knows us. He knows we're weak. He knows we're on the way. It's not an excuse, but the Lord knows. And he wants us to live in freedom. He doesn't want us to live in fear. He wants us to set the world ablaze with love. Thomas Dubé, in his book Happy Are You Poor, says this, If we wonder why, despite the millions of us who follow Christ, the world has not long ago been converted to Christ, we need not look far for one solution. We are not received as men of fire. We look too much like everyone else. We appear to be compromisers people who say they believe in everlasting life, but actually live as if this life is the only one we have. We are not received as men of fire. We can be received as men of fire. We can be received as people of fire. But it begins in Jesus Christ. It begins... uh, by knowing him. The Lord invites us to live a full life, to live a life according to his law, to know true goodness, to know true happiness, to know true freedom, remembering that sin has no power. Jesus Christ has the power. He invites us into his mission. He invites us away from mediocrity. He invites us to live in a transformative way. Christ comes, takes on humanity, and raises up, raises us up to that. He raises us up, raises us up to share in his life of glory. That after the resurrection he doesn't just leave the apostles, but he comes back to them. He shows them his glorified body. He shows them what he's planned for all of us. To live a sacramental life is to live a life without limits. To live a life in communion with the Lord, in communion with the church, in communion with our brothers and sisters around the world. The greatness that the Lord offers us, it doesn't come from having worldly comforts, It doesn't come from having a good job. It doesn't come from being an attractive person. It doesn't come from an easy exam schedule. (laughs) True greatness comes from Jesus Christ. True greatness comes from being able to say, I am not God. The Lord invites us deeply into his love. And he'll never force us. He'll never force us to come to Mass on Sundays. He'll never force us to go to confession, but he will invite us. He will protect us along the way, because we're worth it to him. We're worth creating the firmament thousands and thousands of years ago. We're worth everything to him. The Lord is so good. The women approached the tomb, saying, Who will roll away the stone for us? The stone has been rolled away. Jesus Christ is risen. Happy Easter.